I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. I'm Corey Willis with PPI. I'm Drew with DJ Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. Diesel Power Podcast. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. The one and only Diesel Power Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? awesome seeing all the racing that's going on out there this time of year we had diesel versus gas shootout and ts and a bunch of other ones that are that are taking place and these trucks keep going faster and faster and faster it's a really exciting time in the 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 diesel racing scene and and those of us that love you know power and speed and everything else you know in today's episode we go into that it's going to be really cool to to, to talk about the competitive nature you know of racing but before we get into it we want to thank ETS Diesel Performance for sponsoring this episode they've got a ton of cool things going on ton of new products um, things for really any truck that's out there but if you need transmission parts rebuild kits valve bodies you want a deep pan to add on after you have a transmission service uh, everything from there to like compound kits twin fuelers full transmissions everything else so Make sure you, you give those guys a call if you're in the market for parts or upgrades for your work truck, race truck, you know, street truck. Uh, just call them at 866-209-3695 or jump on their website at atsdiesel.com. All right, now we're going to get into the grudge racing motorsport world. We're excited to have David from Hoosier Diesel back on, and we're live, man. We are live and ready to go, David. Okay. <laughs> How you been? Oh, man, I've been pretty good, man. Been pretty good, just real busy here at the shop, man, and, you know, with family stuff going on, so. It seems like right after Memorial Day, I mean, from then till the end of the summer, it's just, there's a ton of uh, trucks that need to be fixed. You know, they go out on road trips or, you know, camping and that kind of stuff, and yeah. motors overheat. Oh, and... yeah, man, it's... <laughs> You know, it's almost like as soon as the weather broke out here in the Midwest, everybody needs their truck fixed at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because, you know, I feel that diesels are just, you know, the deadlines on them are just so crazy. You know, somebody drops off a gas truck, hey, just call me whenever you get it, you know, get it finished. But it's just everybody wants a deadline. They want their truck back, like, right now. So, uh, and it's every shop, all of, everybody's shop that I know of is, is the same thing, you know. With the diesels, they're just swamped, you know, and, um, I mean, that's a good thing, but you have to find that balance. Yeah. So, you know, um, and it, it can be kind of hard to do, especially with the family and everything else that's going on, but you got to find that balance, though. Oh, most definitely, yeah, it's, uh, especially in the summertime, you know, it kind of slows down, I think, well, for some industries, um, and some, say, diesel truck owners, they get a little slower in the winter, so it seems like it's not as, as hectic or so much needs to be done, but then in the summertime... You got great weather, you know, if it's, you know, something where they're traveling and, and everything, it could, it's just a lot, it seems like that's when a lot of stuff, a lot of carnage happens, a lot of, sometimes maintenance, you know, sometimes performance stuff. Well, more so maintenance, like we, you know, we've been getting a lot of trucks in here where it just, just, they lack the maintenance, you know, customers just get in and drive them. And, um, you know, that's a lot, I see that more so with, I do, you know, diesels than I do gas. Um, where customers, they just think that it's a diesel, so they think that you can stretch out the interval longer, um, but it, it's actually the other way around, you know? So everybody's pulling a boat, everybody's working on a pipeline, you know, everybody's traveling, so everybody's go, 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 and they they forget about the most important thing. It's like changing the oil out of their truck, you know? I got to sit for in here now with the bottom end knock because the guy didn't change the oil. So what are you going to do? But that's a power stroke though. So what do you expect? <laughs> I, you know, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because it's seeing that Keter, you know, he just won the diesel power challenge for two years in a row. So um, I shouldn't say that, you know, it's, it's, but you know what? It just comes down to, to the owner and how they maintain their truck. So. Oh yeah. I mean, there's plenty of, I mean, even, you know, like five nines or six sevens where it's like the fuel filter was never changed. Oh, my God. And then, you know, the injectors are hanging open or rattling or 
whatever, and it's like, if you just would have changed this filter, you know, whoever owned it before, you just change this filter, you wouldn't be looking at 3000 dollars for, you know, a repair. And, yeah, 3000 man. You know, I just gave out a quote for about ten grand. The guy needed a new injection pump, injectors, um, you know, fuel lines. Like, the whole system was contaminated full of fuel because he did not change the, the, the filters. You know, and I'm like, you know, you got to change the filters. Well, they're a hundred something bucks. Well, okay. Well, now you got to spend ten grand. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Gosh, you'd have to not. Well, I, I guess maybe you know somebody could rationalize. Well, hey, I didn't have to spend a hundred dollars all those times, but I'm just gonna buy a motor every however many years, right? <laughs> right yeah well you know like the old seven threes just took a beat man you can you can just run that damn thing dry and they just took a beat you know um but with the new common rail systems out here man you can't do that anymore you know you just can't so but you know i, I and that's why i kind of miss gas you know i kind of miss uh you know ls motors i actually had one in here not that long ago man with open headers um, it had a cam in it, had some head work done, and it was just brought back a lot of memories, man. The thing just cam just ridiculously nasty. And a smell you know, of race fuel. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I've, I don't know what rock I've been under for such a long time, but I have gotten hooked on five or six shows that are on Velocity. Yeah. Uh, the Velocity channel. And it's just between the old muscle cars and um, frame off restorations and how simple they were to say something like street outlaws where these guys are competing and building these nasty drag cars and the competition and, and everything. It's just, it's really, I think that's where diesel is trying to go in the sense of trying to build that, uh, I don't even know what the right word for it is, but just be that popular, I guess. Be able to fill the stands, be able to get people to go do things, create that competition. And it's kind of cool, like, you know, being on this side of it for a long time and then watching the gas world, you can see the ground that needs to be made up. And I think that there are people in the diesel, uh, you know, racing community and everything that are really pushing towards that. But I've totally been hooked on these frame off restorations. Like, um, I think I think it's called Phantom Works is the name of the shop. Okay. I I can't stop watching their restorations of old cars, like everything from yeah. a '65 Impala to um, a Corvette or whatever. I'm just yeah. I'm oh a yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you know what? A lot of those, you know, growing up, my my uncle, my dad's brother, had a '75 uh, Firebird. Okay, which he still has to this day. Um, all original interior, you know, he repainted it, of course, but that, you know, a lot of the older classic cars just, they have a lot of personality. I yeah. mean, yeah, a diesel truck's a diesel truck. You know, you, they got lift kits or they're lowered, you know, they're 22 by 14s, okay, whatever. But, you know, my my favorite car growing up was a 70 and a half uh, Formula Firebird. I love that car, the blue and white. That mm -hmm. is, I if I could, I would give anything to have that car. And you know, a lot of the older guys that even that are even in the diesel industry, they they still respect, you know, that era. You know, um, a lot of these younger guys don't know anything about it. You know, they don't. But you know, it's like I, I always wanted to have my own collection of classic cars. You yeah. know, anything from like a '57 Bel Air. You know, to the the formula I was telling you about, you know, uh, like an old uh, T model Ford. I mean, I love cars all the way around the board. You know, so diesels is just yes, that's a that's another uh, side of me. But you know, my uncle's car, the seventy five is just it's meant. Okay, I love the car, and like I said, it's it's personable. So and it's nothing like having a set of open headers like I was telling you with race fuel. You know, just cam and hard, blow, 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 blow. You know, that's just, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> that sound. That sound never gets old. I don't care who you are; it just never gets old. You know, not to me, it doesn't. You know. No, and I've I've definitely been 
you know, growing up, I really wasn't, I would see, see those old cars, but I really wasn't into them or didn't really pay attention. But now it's all I seem to be doing, you know, my dream car, which is why, you know, if I win the lottery, that's what I'll go buy is a 69 Dodge charger. I'd love oh, to yeah. have oh, a 426 yeah. Hemi. That might be a little bit yeah. of a stretch, but a 440, I'd take yeah. it any day. Of the, it's just that body style, that and the old Chevys, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nova, Chevelles, Camaros. Yep. Um, Nova. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you, bro. You know, the if Fords I... are cool, but the Mustangs are awesome. I mean, and in that era, you know, I know there was some, some horsepower wars going on, but as far as aesthetically, it was either that Charger or mostly the Chevy lineup that I really kind of gravitated towards. Yeah, and then, you know, there's so much you can do with them, too. Um, I think that's that's another reason why um, that market would never go away is because there's so much you can do to it. You can customize it. Like, the options are so endless, mm-hmm. okay, you yeah. know, and when you do a frame-off restoration, you know, that's the time to where, you know, you can lower it, you can bag it, you know, and let's swap it. That's what everybody says. <laughs> hey, you know, Hey, I just blew up my Mustang 5.0. LS swap it. You know, I just blew up my, you know, I just blew up the station wagon. Put an LS in it. You know, um, and and I'm I'm hoping one day the diesels will get to that that point. You know, um, but I don't think the classic cars is just you can't. It, it's something that's always going to be around. Like when you watch Meekum Auto Auctions, you know, yeah, you see all these rare cars. And it brings back so many memories because, like, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they used to have that, you know. And it's, it brings back so many memories. And like I said, each one is personable. But, and like I said, you, there's so much you can do with them. You know, LS, that's the reason why the LS platform did so well is because they were so interchangeable. You know, parts were readily available. You know, you can interchange them. They got kits out now for them where... You can put them in anything. All you need is the body mounts, the harness, you know, a couple of shift cables, and you know, a couple of adapter plates, and you got an LS swap. Those motors are—they're good. I mean, I had uh, at one time it was just kind of a, you know, a vehicle I, I wanted to drive around every now and then, have fun with. But it was a LS1 Camaro, and you know, it was it was you know peppy and stuff. But yeah, you throw some long tube headers on it and throw a tune in it. And throw all these other things, and it's like, it just wakes it up. And, and it's yeah. not even that expensive to do it, no. you know, especially compared to the diesel market. It's like Shit. totally different. <laughs> you need, to, bro. You know, you need to sell like a kidney or something like that. You know, to wake up a diesel. You know, I mean, yeah. The good thing about a diesel is they're detuned a lot, and you know, with the higher compression, for instance, you know, you can you can tune them. You can put a two hundred horsepower tune. Don't know how long it's going to last, but you can put a 200-horsepower tune on it, and you wake it up just like that, and you're ready to go. Um, but the difference is, you know, the torque is what is is the difference, I believe, okay? Because that's just something that gas won't ever have. You know, it won't have the, tor- yeah. the lower-end torque. You know, these diesels, like I said, you 1,100 foot-pounds of torque is going to put you in a back seat. You oh, know, yeah. so it's, I think that's what the difference, but once you get past the tuning stage of a diesel, you know, get ready to sell your testicles at that point, because, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I want an 800 horsepower truck. Oh, well, do you have, you know, 35, 40 grand, you know, and that's basic versus, you know, you want to make six, 700 horse out of an LS. It won't take that much. It really won't. No. And yeah. And, and that's the one thing that, uh, I've always admired about gas in general, you know. You can't get far with just a tune, but, you know, you put a big-ass cam in it with some open headers, you throw a little bit more fuel at it, and you tune it, and you you got a monster. Or even even put a pro charger on it, you know. So um, I just hope the diesel market gets there, you know, and, and hopefully one day it will, so. I think it would really be cool for the motor swap part to get there because I'm sure you get calls, you know, where a guy might have like an old, an old Ranger or, you know, a C10 or Blazer or just something and they want to swap, say a 12 valve in it or even like an LB7 and it can be done, 
you know, and there are some companies that specialize in it, but it's not streamlined at all, like throwing no. a 454 in no. something or an LS1 or two or three or whatever, you know, yeah. part of that family it is where it comes with everything you need. You hook up a computer to it. It puts the file in there and it just, it fits. And it would be really cool to see the diesel world kind of have that, that ability. And I know it's tough because the emission stuff and the year and how States are different with what year the motor right. can be. But right. if it's old enough, it'd be cool to you know just be able to do that seamlessly and not have to kind of figure it out on the fly and make custom parts and all that stuff. Right. So basically just 4BT swap everything. <laughs> 4BT swap everything. Put a Cummins in everything. And, you know, and, uh, but I don't even, you know, it's hard to even think. I don't even think it's going to get to that point because, you know, everybody, the word on the street is diesels are so expensive. Okay. Yeah. I can go to a junkyard and get an LS motor, you know, and I could probably, if I had 10 grand to play with, 15 grand to play with, I can get a junkyard LS2 and I'll have a 650, 700 horsepower LS. I mean, it's just that simple and they're so easy to build. You know, I got some pictures on my Facebook, me and a buddy, we will build them out of my garage. You know, I'm ARP head studs, bigger cam, new main bearing cam, I mean, the whole nine yards. You know, and they would be just that easy to do. So, um, will diesels ever get there? I don't know because some of the prices on this shit is just, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, but a lot of R&D goes into the products that are now out on the market. So it's, I don't know. That's kind of another, another side of it I didn't really think about is, you know, you think about those old cars, the motors, there's, you know, 40 years, 50 years of, time you know that people have had i'm sure like early on in the process the parts were expensive but now you know it's leveled out and i don't know if diesel will go like that but it seems like a lot of it is still being innovated like you know five years ago a thousand horse was everything well now yeah none of us really even care unless we see two thousand horsepower you don't even really get excited until it starts approaching 2500 yeah (laughs) oh absolutely and that's what the anticipation was you know, when UCC was coming up, everybody was thinking, who's going to hit 3,000? Is it going to be Levon? You know, is it going to be Baca? Who's going to hit 3,000 first? And I actually think that, you know, um, a lot of people are kind of upset because, like you just said, four years ago, if you got a 900-horsepower truck, you were the shit. You know, yeah. you got a 900-horsepower truck, dude, you're the shit, you know. Everybody, you know, wanted to be a friend on Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You know, then it went from the 900 horsepower or, you know, 900 horsepower truck to 1500. Now it went to 2000. And like you said, you know, nobody doesn't even want to talk to you unless you got a 2000 horsepower truck. Well, who's got, who's got 200 grand to sell out? You know, that's a lot, you know, and, and I just hope that one day maybe, it becomes more mainstream like gas did, you know, because I think we're still in the small market, you know, it seems like it's, it's growing, you know, but at the same time, will it be as big as gas? I, I don't know. That that remains to be seen at this point. So it, it's really hard because like, it is cool. And, you know, to see the, the trucks make this huge jump, but we all know out there in the world, not very many people are going to want to spend two to three hundred thousand dollars to build a vehicle that they can't drive on the street to take it yeah. and race. And yeah. you compare that to like say, I don't know, like a, a, a Hellcat or the new Corvettes or uh, Viper or or uh. the Demon, and it's like here's a factory warranty, here's enough power you could really hurt yes. yourself or yes. total this car, so you need to yes. know what you're doing. It can have insurance on it. <laughs> you know, you can, you have all these wow. things and it's yeah. like, just to get to that point would be fantastic. I, I drove the Hellcat. When the Hellcats first came out, um, I actually drove one. And I was really impressed because, you know, that the gas industry has come that far to where you could get a 707 horsepower car right off of the showroom floor. You literally, here's my money or here's my financing. Here are the keys. 
you got a you got a seven hundred seven horsepower car, okay? Yeah, it weighs forty five hundred pounds, but that's beside the point. Who cares? You yeah. know, you got a car that you don't have to do absolutely anything to. Versus when you get a diesel, you know, if you want a little bit more horsepower or whatever the case may be, you're gonna have to tune it. You know, that's the first thing, or you're gonna have to delete it. You know, and that's the one thing I miss about gas. You know, you can step right into the way technology is, you know, superchargers, procharged. You can throw a cam in it. You can throw headers in it. You know, open exhaust, whatever the case may be, E85, you know, it's just the options are endless when it comes to gas. And it's not going to break the bank. Like updating a fuel system, putting a bigger pump on it, uh, on a, let's just say a Hellcat or something, or L, even an LS, putting a bigger pump on it, it's only going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, you know. And it's it's almost not fair. It's not fair, actually. <laughs> I think you nailed it there. I think it's the technology. Like, you know, say you take, like, a Charger uh, with Hellcat motor. It's a four-door sedan, runs yeah. 11s, somewhere in the 11s. Yeah. And something breaks on it, like, you know, the power window motor goes out or something else you drive it to the dealer they fix it yep and you think of like a diesel you know yeah you throw in a really aggressive tune on something you know it might be a 13 second truck maybe maybe high 12s depending on what kind of configuration it is but to go from that to 11.3 or 11.5 or 11.1 there's a big chunk of money there and i mean i don't care what anyone says when you roll up to a dealership in a new truck with a set of compounds and all these things they're probably not going to warranty much if anything on it especially oh, if it's it, related no. to the powertrain or the motor no gonna oh hell no because <laughs> because once again yeah they are um and and because of the torque you know the torque breaks everything you know um it just it destroys everything in these trucks and like you said you hit it right on the head bro that that when you throw all this stuff on these trucks you know i tell customers when they walk through the door you know they say i want this this and this and i'm honest with them do you plan on keeping this truck for a long time? Yeah. Well, I might keep it for a year or two. Well, here's the problem. When you go to trade it in, they're going to laugh at you. They're only going to give, give you book value. So the money you shelled out for, you know, these, the compound turbo kit and the fast fuel system or the lift kit wheels and tires, be prepared to take it up the butt, dry with no lube, because they don't, <laughs> they don't care about any of that. You know, um, they hold their value. They they hold their value more when they're stock, and and I try to explain that to people. And I, and I guess that that could be with anything, but you know it's easier to get stuff warranted with a gas motor than it is a diesel. You know they know what we're out here doing to these trucks, man. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. It, it's just it's um it, I, I I know that this probably. We, I get lots of people who call or email or on Facebook, and there's almost this perception, which I think the diesel community or industry has perpetuated, and that that it's it's cheap to make a ton of power. And I think <laughs> it was in the 12-valve days. I think it was easier back then to do it, but you get like a 2015 or, or a 12 or something, and yeah. You know, somebody wants a thousand horsepower. Okay, well, now we're probably talking about a four-speed swap. So there goes trying to trade it in or sell it to somebody who wants a yeah. pull a trailer. Get into a motor build. Get into all these things, and unfortunately, some people get into that, and then they find that it's just overwhelming and it's a complete nightmare. And they're thirty, forty grand into it, and that's when you first talk to them, and right. they're just like, "What do I do? You know, what can we do to make this more reliable or make more power or?" whatever so yeah when somebody says hey i want to put a four speed in my you know 2015 or 2012 dodge that's the first thing i ask them is do you plan on keeping this truck for a really long time because it's going to be hard to sell it's going to be hard speed to sell six up yeah you know yeah it, absolutely and and you just you just said it you know and then what do you do about the guys like when you look at i'll give you a perfect example uh, and i might catch some slack from this but when you look at the 68 rfe you know I don't care what it, you know, all, all three manufacturers have their issues with trucks, all of them. You know, I'm a diehard Cummins guy. You know, they got their issues too, okay? A um, little bit cheaper to work on, I guess you could say, but look yeah. at the transmissions, though. Look at the 68 RFE. 
you know, junk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a boat anchor, you know. <clears throat> but then you send ten, eleven grand to get a built tranny, hoping that it's gonna last, you know. And it's just there's no guarantees. And, and even with the Fords, you know, I posted something on Facebook. I took from another page where, you know, I know Ford. I seen the technical service bulletin, uh, even a recall that you know these new t- 2017 Fords got lower end problems. They got lower end pump issues. You know, so you're going to have issues all the way across the board. Um, it's just trying to find that happy medium. You know, um, I wish they, I wish you could take a Ford's interior with an Allison transmission and a Cummins motor and just put it all into one. That would be a badass truck. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be a badass truck because Dodge's interiors are junk. They, my truck is making all types of noise, squeaking and you know, shit's falling apart on it. <laughs> but when you when you step into a Ford interior, it, it Ford's got them beat hands down. You know, Duramaxes to me they're kind of small. You know, maybe it's because I'm a bigger guy. But so <clears throat> they all get their issues. But which one do you want to put up with? And like you said, you know, when you're dealing when you're dealing with the 68 RFE, you, you're going to have to swap it sooner or later. You know, if you plan on keeping it or you plan on keep beating the hell out of it. But you're not going to get anything when you go to trade it in. So it's it's tough. It's tough. It really it really is. And it's, you know, I think, I think of all the time and money, you know, like ATS and Suncoast and RevMax and BD have put into getting a 68 to hold, say, 700 horsepower or 650. Like it's taken almost a de- yeah, it's taken almost a decade <laughs> to do that. Yeah, reliably, reliably, because yeah. yeah, you can you can build it to hold seven hundred horse. I don't know how long it's gonna last. I mean, and and when I went down to Suncoast, I was down there a couple weeks ago, and with you know they gave me a tour of the facility, and it's awesome. It, it and I think the general public doesn't have any idea what it takes like you were just saying these cnc machines are not cheap Mm-mm. they're not cheap at all i mean i, I was hearing that it takes like forty thousand dollars to set them up just to set them up not not boom it gets delivered now you got to set it up now you got to program it a lot of these people don't know what it takes you know what goes into the r d and you know when i went there it was an eye-opener especially for me of, of the type of research and the type of stuff they put, uh, you know, quality, the manufacturing. It's a lot, man. It really is. It, it, much more respect now, you know. So when people say, well, why does it cost so much? Well, here's why. You know, you can lay it out to them. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I just I, hopefully the diesel market, you know, continues to grow. Is it going to be affordable anytime soon? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, really, I think it's one of the most overlooked parts of it. And it's probably the same in the gas world or any sort of auto auto sport is, what's your goal? And it's so hard, I think, at the beginning, especially if you're new to a platform, you know, like horsepower numbers are, are, are used, like 600 horsepower. What does 600 horsepower feel like and 1,200 foot-pounds of torque in a three-quarter ton truck versus a car? You know, and so we might know what that means, but when, you know, a consumer you know, just gets a truck and they're like, well, I want 600 horsepower. Okay. So you set it up and then they get bored with this after six months and they go, well, I think I want eight. And then, you know, they're on forums and yeah. they're seeing these events and these competitions yeah. like, man, yeah, no, I need 12, 1300. I need okay, 12, 1300. Ne- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what you're constantly dealing with. And I explain this to customers, you know, and, and some people might say I'm stupid, you know, or I'm kicking myself at the same time, but I'm realistic. Okay. Sure. I would love to have a thousand horsepower daily driver, but knowing how I'm hard on vehicles, bro, it's going to constantly be breaking. Okay. So, you know, and it, it costs shop owners money just like everybody else. You know, that's what people don't understand. They think that this stuff is free. We still have to pay. Well, do we get a discount of rate? Maybe, but you still got to pay for it, you know. So <laughs> it's, it, it is, you know, my ideal street truck, honestly, or daily driver is something that's around six, 650, but it's built for eight or 850. Well, why do I say that? Because if it's built for, you know, between eight, 900 horse, 
I can go out and have fun with it all day long. I can do as many burnouts as I want to do. You know, I can go through the mud, go right, do whatever. But if you build it just for the horsepower you're at, I think you're going to have problems. And I think that's why a lot of people overlook that. You know, you still need to update your training, regardless if you do a 48 swap or, you know, or whatever the case may be. Um, I even believe in, you know, regearing it, you know, and that's a big problem too. A lot of these guys want to put, um, you know, a second gen swap or they want to put a bigger turbo or whatever the case may be, but then they don't understand that you, you know, you got 35 inch tires. You probably should get those 342s out and regear your truck. But, you know, you, you can't tell people nothing nowadays though, you know? So, you know, what do you do? It's hard. I mean, I've I've done it backwards in my life, like on a at a six seven, and I I found a smoking deal on an S four seventy five T four. Yeah. With a stock sixty eight. Yeah. How long do you think that lasts? I mean, yeah. it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I think I smoked it the third time I went full throttle, and then I'm like, okay, so then I do a transmission, and, and I drive normally. They used they, people people that know me. They say I drive like an old man. So right. I can make I could make that live, but then I did a four speed swap, and it's like, man, there's a whole new world. You know, I can I can beat on it if I want to. I can play around with converter lockup and all that stuff, but it, it's it's like this very precise way on a diesel vehicle. You got to do things, you know, air before fuel. Instead of throwing two hundred yeah. horse injectors in it in a stock turbo and hitting two thousand degrees and melting <laughs> stuff, you know, but it's not as fun, right? It's not as cool because, like, a transmission. You know, I'm a transmission guy. I love transmissions. And I know there's lots of people out there that do. But you never go to a barbecue and, and your buddies aren't like, hey, man, let's get underneath your truck and look at the transmission and talk about it, right? Right. <laughs> they never do right, that. But right. they're like, pop the hood. And you get to show them, you know, pop compound the turbos. Yep. Yeah. So that's where I think a lot of people want to start is what can you see? What do you hear? You know, versus this box underneath the floorboard that, you know, power goes in, magic happens, and it goes to the rear tire. It, it, yeah, it's overlooked <laughs> because you know, like I said, you're gonna spend. Let's just say, yeah, and I'm just using a '68 as an example. Um, you'll spend ten grand to try and try and you know for um, you know a Suncoast uh, Com Three Eight Fifty, you know, or a Revmax. You'll spend ten grand on that, but people really they want to go fast and they want to go fast now. Yeah. That's what it is. They want to go fast. They want to go fast now instead of saying, you know what, I should probably do the tranny. You know, I should maybe do something with, you know, the internals, which my dad always told me, you know, and I always seen him and my uncles do it. You start from the inside out, you know, to properly build a motor. You start from the inside out. But it's so hard to do. It's easier said than done because diesels, you can tune it, you got power. You can put a bigger turbo on it, you got power. You add the injectors, you get it retuned, you got power. And then you're going to break something. You know, you're, you, something's going to break, you know. More than likely, the transmission is going to drop from underneath the truck, <laughs> which, is what my, which is what my truck did. I was actually on a test drive with the customer. The customer came in and said, hey, you know, I, got, I just bought this 2015 Ram, and, you know, everybody's talking about tuning it and all this other stuff. And it was his first diesel. I said, okay, well, let me take you for, for a ride in mine, you know. And I got to, I got a stock turbo. I had a stock trans at the time, 10-millimeter uh, Exergy Stroker pump on it. Man, I put it in four-wheel drive, and I just fucking, excuse my French. I just <laughs> launched it. I just launched it. Then all of a sudden, you hear, bam, trans is done. I'm driving backwards down the main road trying to get back to the shop. I, I had... <laughs> I don't want to yeah, laugh, was, but I just I just got a visual. Well, yeah, it, it was it was it was yeah. I mean, cars were honking at me, but I didn't give a shit. But um, but you know what though? It, it was, and I even told the customer. I said, "Listen, you know." He's like, "Well, I don't want to do that to my truck. You know, you just broke the transmission." I said, "But here's the problem. Here's the the reality of it. I'm hard on my truck. You know, I got the transmission up to 260 degrees. I didn't give a shit. I just kept going. You know." So I, I've put a lot of abuse in my truck, you know. Now, obviously, there's no guarantees, but will you probably need a new transmission further down the line if you beat on it? Yeah, you know. Yep. So it's, 
but and like I said, that's the difference between diesel and gas. Like you can, and don't get me wrong, gas is plagued by their own set of issues too, especially when you're dealing with O2 sensors, knock sensors. Um, you know, you're dealing with uh, a vacuum leak. They got their own set of issues too, but it doesn't cost as near as much as a diesel does. So I, I like making diesels reliable, you know, especially like, you know, race season. I get a lot of the race car guys that come in. They're towing with the diesel, period. They're not towing with the gas. They're towing with the diesel. Yeah, a lot so, of them do. Yeah, a lot of them, you know. And their thing is, they how can I make it reliable? I just want to pull this thing back and forth to the track because all my money's inside the trailer, you know. So That is the key, I think, in – it's not, it, it kind of goes back to that analogy with the transmission, like you don't get underneath the truck with your buddies and BS for 30 minutes about the transmission, is it's like, I remember when I was first getting into trucks, I didn't gravitate towards what was the most reliable hauling truck yeah. or turbo. I was watching the guys at Diesel Power Challenge or at the, at the, you know, the drag strip and seeing what they're doing. But I think that that's more of a, it, it's a smaller segment from what I found is, most of the guys buy that 17 F250 or the 3500 Ram or the Duramax yeah. because they've got something in the trailer that they either race or they use it for work or they're hauling cattle, livestock, things like that. And they they don't care about running 12s or 13s. They just want to be able to get in it every day, protect the motor, protect the transmission, a little extra power, and just put 300,000 miles, 400,000 miles on it and then go get another one. You know, yep. and it's yep. what kind of products and, 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 you know, guys like yourself, shop owners that are, you know, setting up these programs, these maintenance programs for them to help them do that is a much larger part of what I think pulls people into the diesel industry and not yeah. industry, but the community to buy this truck. Yeah. Go spend 80 grand on this, you know, this F-350 or right. whatever truck. Right. right. And, you know, the best truck I've ever owned, and this is, this is crazy, but... My dad had an 089 2500 Chevy, okay? I'm sorry, it was a 1500, okay? Single cab, long bed, the 5.7 in it. You know, that was a uh, 0350. Um, he bought that truck brand new. That was the, and he passed it down to me a long time ago, long time ago. But that was the best truck that I've ever had, you know? The only thing that we did to that truck, it had like 200 and, I want to say it had like 280,000 miles on it before, the, the motor was just junk at that point. But um, I think the only thing me and my pops did to it was a couple of water pumps, a couple of alternators, a radiator, never had to mess with the trans at all, a um, couple of little minor stuff. But the truck was a workhorse, though, you know. And it was so cheap to work on because I could get an alternator for about mm, 70, 80 bucks right now, you know. And I could have it swapped out in 10 minutes. You know, so gas, it still has its place, but it just gets to a certain point where, you know, it, it, I hear guys all the time, like, dude, I got this, uh, you know, I got this 5.7 or whatever the case may be, and I'm trying to haul a 30-foot camper. Well, it ain't going to do it, you know. It's yeah. just not going to do it. So <laughs> you, need to get, you need to get a diesel, bro. It's just not going to do it. But And then, like I said, they come through the door, and I'm realistic. How can I make it more reliable? What do I need to do? I want to get as much life out of it as possible. And I'm not in every last one of them says the same thing, Patrick. I'm not trying to win any type of race. If I had a dollar every time I heard that, it's exactly. like every, every day. <laughs> exactly. Every single day I hear that, man. But, you know, guys that love speed in general, it's in their, it's in their blood. So it doesn't matter if they're driving a gas or driving a diesel, they still want that power, though. No, oh, no, they definitely do. And that's really been seeing that, like, on that, that Street Outlaws. Because uh, I just recently started watching, like, I'm binge-watching it. And, really? Yeah, I'm yeah. so late to the game, but I am hooked. I, I seriously watch it. It'll keep me up late at night. And I just, the the, the passion those guys have, and then, you know, the, the guys that race in the diesel industry, it's the same passion, even though it's a totally different platform, vehicle, everything. That competition, the uh, the strategy that goes into it, the excitement, it's the same thing, and, and yeah. it's, it's cool to see it. 
Yeah, and you know what? I, I really, I was a grudge racer. You know, I don't know if any of my old Squish Racing buddies are listening to this, but, you know, we had we were a tight-knit group, you know. Um, we were at US 41 Motor Complex all the time, every Friday night for Streetcar Chaos. And like I told you, that's that's in the blood. Speed is in the blood, okay? And that's how it is for a lot of these guys. But one thing I, I, I you don't really see is the grudge racing in diesels. You don't see yeah, it. You, you see it in gas, you know, but you, not in diesels. You know, I even got a customer, and he's probably going to get mad at me, but he used to out-hustle everybody with his Dodge Challenger, okay? He would have, <laughs> and but this, this is what's funny about it. He would have three nitrous bottles hooked up in the back, right? So he would actually hustle people, you know, like, hey, we'll race for 500 bucks. I tell you what, I'll go ahead and I'll take one of the bottles out. I'll take, I'll take the bottle out. So theoretically, customer's like, okay, or not customer, but uh, his competition's like, well, okay, he's only got two bottles instead of three, and they didn't know that it was a dummy bottle. That bottle had nothing in it. So, so but that bottle was bone dry, man. It wasn't nothing in it, but it was connected. And it was a wet shot, too. So, But it was connected like it was it was full. So, But grudge racing, like, for me, I'm not a dyno guy, Patrick. I'm not a dyno guy at all because I think a dyno is a controlled environment, you know, in a sense. I want to see how I want to see what you can do. If you you know, oh, I got a 1,200 horsepower truck. Okay, well, put your money where your mouth is. Let's go down the track. And and you know what? You'll you'll separate the men from the boys at that point in time. That's what grudge racing is. You know, you put up, you shut up. I don't care how much money you got into your truck or car. Let's just go down the track. If I lose, I lose. It is what it is. You know, but I would really like to see that in in our industry more grudge racing. I think that would be awesome. I, I really do. That would be huge. There's some nasty, nasty vehicles, you know, diesels that are out there that it would be really cool to see. I think it would bring a ton of people to the racetrack or watching on live feeds to see you know some of these guys out there go head to head and and do it where i mean just if i even think about like ryan milliken versus you know the waggler guys or levon versus this or you know all these other, these guys who are you know doing these crazy things with trucks and pushing them forward making tons of power is a grudge style you know race or, or event would be oh man that would be awesome it would be awesome and then a, a lot of the smaller guys too um I think that would, you know, getting a lot of the smaller shops, you know, a lot of the guys that are working out of their driveway that don't have the backing, you know, because word on the street is there's some trucks in this area, probably I want to say within a 50-mile radius of, of my shop that that is a force to be reckoned with, that is a 1,000 horsepower reliable daily. And I, I'm, what I mean by reliable, I mean they're going to drive it to the track, they're going to go down the track, then they're going to drive it home. You know, for me, that's that's exciting. You know, that's exciting because it takes a lot to build something with balls like that that's reliable that you can drive on the street every day. Um, and then, like I said, with dynos, they're great. It, you know, to me, dyno is more so a tuning-ish, uh, you know, a tuning platform. You know, it kind of gives you some baseline numbers. But and it's cool to have the dyno competitions. I love them, but I'm just a grudge racer, track guy at heart, man. You know, that's the most exciting part to that 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 I find as well. Like the dynos are they're cool, and and I know you know they help dial in a setup, and you can get data and things like that. But just watching the vehicle stage get to the light, how quick you are off the light, and you know, especially like you say in, in that Street Outlaws series, sometimes those cars get squirrely going down the track, and I'm like, oh, I would have lifted there. And these guys just stay yeah. in it. Yeah. You know, sometimes they hit the curb or something, but they just, it's balls to the wall. Yeah. Zero fucks are given. Yeah. And they're just going. <laughs> and you're just like, man, that is so cool. You know? Absolutely. Because it's a rush. And I think a lot of these, these you know, 
a lot of the younger guys, they haven't been down a track. You know, they might go mud bogging or sled pulling or whatever, which sled pulling is cool, too. I love it. But like I said, me, personally, I'm a track guy. You want to talk about an adrenaline rush. You know, it's an adrenaline rush. For me, it is, you know. So, um, and like you said, you know, if it gets away from you, oh, well, it gets away from you, you're still going to try to make it down the track. Um, but it's it's just everybody has a love for the industry. They have a love for the sport. Um, I wish something like Street Outlaws was, was – I wish Diesels were kind of a part of something like Street Outlaws. And you remember that show Pinks, right? Yep. That was another good show. Now, I, I don't know if it was scripted or not. You know, I would have to assume so. But I've seen a couple of races that were um, – that pink slips were put on the line. Titles were put up. You know, like, how do you do that, bro? Like, <laughs> honey, like, honey, I just – like, honey, I just lost the car, you know. But I had fun going down the track, though, but I just lost the car. <laughs> they either were single – or they are now single. They're now <laughs> single, the right? Shit, man. My wife would kill my ass, man. <laughs> she would. I'm telling you, she would. I. Hey, Patrick, you got an extra room? <laughs> no, I can believe it. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's. We were talking earlier, though. You know about like just what you're you're discussing right now with, the, like the passion, getting people there. Um, experiencing it and and it being new for a whole generation of people, but you have an event coming up, don't you? Well, yeah, you're, you're, you've put on, you've organized it. Yeah, um, what we're doing is October twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second, if need be, down at US forty one Motorplex down in uh, Morocco. Um, new owners down there, they're taking over the track. They they're really you know stepping up their game. Um, you know, we're doing an event called Rolling Coal, okay? Uh, the mic sound kind of corny, but you know what? It's easy. It's, it's easy to remember. And my whole goal is I want to see a lot of these smaller guys go head to head. Because, <clears throat> you know, you don't see that. You know, like, uh, look, look at UCC, okay? Yeah, you got all the big name guys out there. But, I, you know, I really want to see a lot of these smaller shops. Like I was saying, the guys building trucks out of their driveway, I want to see these guys go head-to-head, man. You know, because, like, my dad used to tell me a long time ago, Patrick, you know, there's always somebody out there that's pushing harder than you and that wants to be better than you, you know. So um, we're going to put on the event. We're going to have a dyno there, of course. Um, you know, we're going to have the test and tune. Um, and then Friday, I want to do some grudge racing. I really want to do some diesel grudge racing. I'm really pushing it as hard as I can because I think it's going to open up a whole new, um, I think it's going to open up more doors for the diesel industry with just grudge racing. So it's something that you really don't see, you know. And then, of course, on Saturday, we'll have the bracket racing and everything like that in the different classes. But, um, for instance, on Saturday, you know, we're going to have, uh, three classes, you know, we're going to have the, um, the stock diesel class. Basically, you have to have air conditioning, no frame modifications, stock looking turbo. I don't care how much spray you put at it, you know, it's a stock looking truck. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to, yeah, so if you want to spray the hell out of it until it blows up, so be it, you know. Um, stock looking truck, so that means, yes, you can have aftermarket injectors in, you can have an aftermarket, uh, pump and injection pump, just, no no added pulleys. So and then we're gonna have the super street diesel, no frame modifications, uh pretty much compound setup or big single or if you want to run uh run dual fuelers and then the outlaw class. Which the outlaw class is still up in the air because I really need to get with all those guys and um you know, pretty much they're gonna be running an eighth of a mile, so um it's gonna be fun. It's really gonna be fun. And we're going to have a blast. I think the industry really needs – competition is great, but the friendship is is what's even greater. You know, having fun, seeing these trucks go down the track, man, and just having a kick-ass time. So uh, a lot of people's on board with it, and I think it's just going to be one for the books. Oh, heck, yeah. I mean, we're – count us in. I mean, I want to see that – I want to see it all, but, it, you know, the grudge race I think is a really awesome idea and. And I know a lot of the guys out there that, you know, race 
maybe not necessarily for a living, but they race a lot with their line of work. Well, they're going to be in. They'll be down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My, I mean, my phone went off nonstop. Um, and, you know, with the payouts, if we do, when we do the bracket racing, you know, because I think there was a little bit of confusion, um, that basically, you know, we're going to have the payouts for each class, winner take all for each class. But the grudge racing is something totally separate. So I could call out, A, another shop, or call out another person, like, hey, you know what? Here's $500. Let's line up. We're not going to do a tree. Not going to do a light. It's going to be strictly old school. That's what it's going to be. You know, and I think it's going to be a huge turnout. And I think for some people, they're going to fall in love with it. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it, it'll be exciting. It'll definitely. Yeah. And I, I know you'll get some, some awesome uh, races and, and lineups and, and stuff. And, uh, yeah, those guys are ultra competitive, so all it takes is one call out, and they'll yeah. be there. I don't know yeah, how far away call- they are. <laughs> yeah, hey, one call out, and like I said, as the, as the date date gets closer, you know, there'll be more information. And we're going to have a dyno, too. I'm going to have, uh, you know, different classes for the dyno, um, and we're going to have different prizes and everything. But, you know, it, it, in October, is the best time of the year out in the Midwest because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. And with the dense cold air, kinda, you know, the turbos love it. So, um, I think it'll be great, man. I really do. I hope to see you there, Patrick. Yeah, I'd love to make it out and and uh, yeah, just just watch it and see it. I think it's it's gonna be really exciting. It's it's different, and it captures like just that that passion of racing someone trying to beat somebody else. Yeah, something. Yeah, I mean because. With the bracket racing, you can kind of foresee who you're going up against. You might have Joe Schmo show up, you know, drives his truck, shows up and calls you out, says, "Hey, you know, I got five hundred bucks." Says, "You know, I'll, I'll let's line them up. I got five hundred bucks," and then he might even tell you in the same breath, "I'll give you two and a hit," you know. And it's like, okay, who is this guy? Like, you just you don't know. There's so many people out there that are. That hasn't been exposed yet, you know, and nothing against, nothing against the 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 guys with the names already that their names are out there like Ryan or Levon or Aaron uh, or Tony Rizzi. Nothing against those guys, but you know, I love those guys. But I want to see the small guys, you know. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, you know, those guys are going to bring in a lot of attention, especially if Levon or Ryan shows up. They're going to bring a lot of attention, but I want to see the smaller guys, Patrick. And you might be surprised. There might be some people we've never heard of, you know, win a class in itself. You just, you don't know. That's the exciting part and, and, and what's, what's, like, what's attainable, you know, building that truck in your garage or, you know, having some friends help you or just it's a project, you know, that uh, a, a diesel shop out there has been working on where it just comes out of left field. And you're like, yeah. Where where this truck come from? <laughs> like, exactly. <who's> this guy? <laughs> but exactly, and he might try to hustle you. That's what yeah. brush racing is. He might try and hustle you. You know. So, I think it's going to be a blast. I think this year in general is going to be a blast for the diesel industry. Um, you know, it, it's we're going to make it work, man. We're going to make it work. We're excited for you, and like I said, just uh, yeah, we're we're down to to you know help in any way we can and definitely want to try to try to make it out there and and take it all in and watch it and you know see see what kind of uh hustling goes on out there (laughs) yeah yeah because yeah because uh you know a lot of people are asking me well are you building a truck you know yeah i i have something i have a few tricks up my sleeve you know, I hope my wife's not listening to this because uh, <laughs> with her, she's probably listening. She's probably seeing the dollar signs already, you know. So I got a few tricks up my sleeve. But you know what, though? I'm not a sore loser. If I lose, I lose. You know, I just want to go out there. I want people to have a good time. You know, I, I want to have a good time and bring shops closer together, bring the industry closer together, which I think is what we need right now. You know, we do. A lot of the social media stuff is just out of order and i'm glad it's kind of dying down and people are kind of stepping away from stepping away from facebook now so i know i am (laughs) it's consuming (laughs) it is it is it's getting to that point it it is where 
you know, somebody made a good suggestion to me, like, hey, stop adding your customers to your personal page. Well, that makes that's a good idea, you know, but it's hard, though. You know, you want to make everybody happy, but you can't. Yeah, Vinny and I were talking about that uh, on on another episode we did, and he's he, sometimes I get calls on the weekend. He's like, "Bro, I'm in a deer stand. <laughs> like, I'll really? talk to you Monday." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like this unwritten rule where they're like, "Okay, wait, cool." Wait, bro, I'm in a deer stand. Like, bro, I'm I'm poking my wife right now. What do you want? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling. And then they get mad. Listen, let me tell you something. When they send you, I can't stand Messenger. They need to, you need to be able to turn Messenger all the way off to where people can't even search for you via Messenger. Okay? <laughs> because, because what happens is they send you a message and it's crazy because if you open it, it's going to say seen and it has a timestamp and a check mark next to it. But if you don't answer it with a customer, they keep sending question marks like you're ignoring them. Well, I am fucking ignoring you, okay? It's Sunday. <laughs> don't don't talk to me. You know, I you know, don't ignore, you know, I am ignoring you. I'm at dinner with my wife. I'm at a movie, bro. You know, so is is Vinny, you know, me and Vinny, we uh I I I kind of admire Vinny. You know, me and him just recently kind of met via Facebook, but um, he's a good guy, you know. He's I when I get a chance, I'm gonna listen to his podcast this weekend. But uh, me and Benny see eye to eye, you know. We really do. We we see eye to eye. I can't wait to listen to the podcast though. Just just my only word of advice with Vinny would be this: is if you hang out with him and he's got a bottle of Gibsons, you better watch out because that stuff. Vinny loves Gibson. And Does he? He caught oh he caught me with that one uh, one year and. Uh, Next thing, and I'm like, "Wow, that whole bottle's actually gone." And he's like, "Yeah, man, you want some more?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I'm gonna go to bed." <laughs> I need well, you some know, water and go yeah, to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you right now. You know, uh, hopefully you can come down in October, but you better bring your big boy pants because it's <laughs> uh, us Indiana boys. Let me tell you something. We we know how to have a good time. You know, when I first learned that wholeheartedly was at Shide one year, and it was like after the show, like in the infield area. Yep. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm a, being closer to sea level, more oxygen, can consume <laughs> more, and I'm like, how do you guys do this? Wow! It, yeah, and then and the next day you're like standing, you're walking through like the the. Uh, tense and everything and it's kind of humid like I should not have had gotten that drinking contest with that one dude <laughs> like, yeah that's how we I are lost. man that's how that's how we are bro but we're gonna we're gonna have a good time it's, you know what it's about you know I think it's about in this industry uh, relationships it's about having a good time you know um I caught a lot of shit because, you know, recently when I told you when we went down to Florida, I took the whole family with me and I was having some issues with my injection pump and um, I ended up leaving the truck down in Florida and we rented a car because I have to get back to the shop, you know, so uh, those guys down at Suncoast, Blake, Chris, uh, the Hardaway guys, um, you know, Ryan, Montana, those guys really took care of me. They got the truck fixed. I got to go pick it up tomorrow at Waggler's uh, event tomorrow. But a uh, good group of guys, man. I, I really, that's what the diesel industry needs, you know. And here's the thing. I'm going to give a little advice to customers. You know, I, we got a, a, a little bit of advice. When Ryan had my truck, I didn't call him 24-7 bugging him. Is my truck done? Is my truck done? Is my truck done? When, you know, and here's the thing. I wasn't expecting him to fix it for free. I knew he was going to give me a bill. I didn't say, Ryan, oh, you know, brother, uh, you know, I'm running kind of low on cat. You know what? send me a bill let me know what i owe you that's it you know um and that's what the industry needs man some of these customers man they just they want to dictate to you how much they're going to pay so as Corey willis would say you can fire him as a customer so <laughs> i was start, i'm gonna start taking his advice customer comes in hey guess what you're fired so but uh i know i i re, you know if those guys listen to the podcast man i i tell them once again dude i appreciate the hospitality 
taking care of me and my family, man. There's a good group of guys out there, man. They, re they really are. And like I said, the industry needs more of that. So well, We appreciate you chatting with us today and yeah. having a good time talking about cars and trucks and grudge racing and yeah, how to not get divorced, you know, playing for pink slips at the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote oh. that down. I did write that down. No. <laughs> Never do this. This is top of the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Tell me about it, you know. But like I said, like I said, Patrick, I appreciate what you're doing too for the industry. You know, um, keep doing it, man. Keep grinding. You know, don't stop, man. Don't quit. You know, I, I appreciate everything. So, yeah, man. Anytime we, Michelle and I, we have a blast doing these. I mean, you know, she does so much of the work, you know, to make these possible, and you know, it's. It's a uh, it's a really fun you know kind of way to to just you know, tell stories, talk about trucks, kind of get you know just information out there, have a good time and laugh. So we appreciate you taking time this afternoon to do it. I know it's you know sometimes it's hard to you know for us to take an hour out of our day and and chat, but I had a really awesome time. I did too, Patrick. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, man. Don't forget, diesel fans. ATS has some really cool promotions going right now with uh, parts and new new parts, um, transmission kits, rebuild kits, basically everything. And when you call them, if you tell them you heard this on the Diesel Power Podcast, they're going to give you a free t-shirt. So all you do is mention that, and with your order, you get whatever size shirt you want, you know, put it in the box and ship it to you. It's, it's basically on the house. So like I said, just call them, 866-209-3695. Go on their website at atsdiesel.com and make sure you mention I heard it on the Diesel Power Podcast and there's your free t-shirt. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.